0: So I know it didn't work out perfect for everyone, so we're kind of having settled here. Um, I know y'all don't think about it this way, but you know, I do. I mean, I kind of know who comes from south and I know who comes, you know, you know, over, you know, like from Montevallo and over that way and then here in Jemison and, and north and such like this. So I, I appreciate the effort that all of you make um, when you could be doing something else. But because of that, it's because your heart is, is is kingdom anyway, and so kingdom people, you know, if they're if they're going to come out, they they really don't. I don't think that you just want, you know, some little outline that I found at Lifeway Christian Bookstore, that it might be scripturally, it might be okay, but you kind of, you you kind of want something you can. Y'all like to chew on some things sometimes. It's not that you don't know these things. You know, we don't try to cover things that you don't know all the time. Uh hopefully, you, you know, it's, we're always learning. There's a lot to learn and see and know. But, you know, we, we, we still want mastering all that we're doing. So this is just how I felt led. Um, we'll, we'll title this tonight called The Importance of Foundations. The Importance of Foundations. We, we kind of went this way in our men's meeting. We, we, won't, we can't say anything beyond that because it's secretive. That's right. So, but, uh, but we did talk about foundations in another aspect. But um, if you have your Bible, if you want to go there, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to give you a few scriptures tonight. This is just putting the pencil back in the sharpener and just make sure we've got a good sharp point and, uh, and staying sharp. And because, you know, the time that we're living in. There's uh, so much going on near the the end, the culmination of the end of time. Everything everything's going for your attention, you know. And there's just so much going on in the world that just uh, they're like, well, that's that, that's what happened in the garden, you know. He didn't he didn't come after Adam, he came after Eve. But uh, and, and I've heard people preach it both ways. You know, that Adam was on the back forty and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, and I've heard people, you know, with degrees preach that and try to prove it, you know, that when he said keep this, you know, and they would try to tell me the west part of the garden was this, the east was all that. He told him to keep it, so that's where Adam was, and I thought that wasn't much of a life to be, you know, formed <laughs> and then just stand there at the gatepost all day long. Uh, I have a feeling that he was close enough to hear, or close enough for her to call him over there if he wasn't standing right beside her. And... uh And the Bible says that she did and she ate and she gave it to him, not when he got there that afternoon. So he he was close by, wasn't he? And so we we want to make sure that we're on point and we're doing our job. And so what can you say about foundations? I thought about having Scott teach this whole thing tonight, which would have been a lot better than me trying to do it. Uh, But uh, uh, just as a good foundation, is necessary, you know, to support any structure, large or small, and it is. Um, We want to talk about, you know, the contrast of the, also not just the physical foundation, but of course we want to make the application uh, of having a proper um, support to build a spiritual life. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11 through 13 says, for no other foundation can no man lay, that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. For if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work, but sore of it is." And of course, that's also given application when we're in heaven during the marriage supper of the land. Then we go to the beam of seat and we get the rewards and the rewards will be based upon the things that we've been called to do that we did and the things that were good, and the things that was not only good, but they were done with the proper motive and the things that weren't good, even though they might've been good works, but maybe the motive wasn't proper, it, it kind of all gets consumed in the fire. And, um, and we always laugh every time we're Joe Morris, which all, you know, he's pretty much all in, uh, in times now when he teaches, he's always kidding about someone. He's, he's always having fun at somebody's expense, you know. And um, he said, Dang, you know, if y'all, he said uh, last meeting we was in, he said, I, I wouldn't stand too close to so-and-so if I was in heaven. He said, because he's done a lot of things. I don't know if his heart's right or not. And, he did, and he's just messing with him the whole time he was there. He said, because, man, when the fire hits his his works, he says, you could lose your eyebrows. it's <laughs> 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 like, yeah. And so uh, anyway. Uh, but wood, hay, and stubble. So the, the things, not only that's right and good, but the things that's done with the right motive. In other words, you can give, but then tell everybody, uh, I gave to so-and-so, they were going down, they were gonna, you know, they didn't have nothing to eat, and you know, I, they were gonna lose the car, it hadn't been for me. Well, you just got your reward. Uh, heaven won't never bring it up. It'd be, it'd be wood, I mean, it, that, phew, eyebrows gone. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to talk about. So every structure is gonna be tested uh so your spiritual structures um they need to stand just like this building or even a a, a small building um we was uh, we was uh went to see my friend in, in enterprise uh monday right monday and uh we took a little ride about 20 miles to their house where his wife was raising and um, it was kind of um, up in the Coffee Springs area and I never had really been there. And it was uh, the old town. And um, and, he said, and he said, let me show you this street over here. He says, now, he says, that was actually the old jail. And I says, and "I asked his wife, I said, that, that's where they put people? She said, oh yeah, I remember being a kid. Well, it's all grown up. And we didn't drive real close to it, but it looked like it was about like a, um, a 12 by 20 building and weed was all grown up prime, and you know, we had a few steel bars in the front. So if you, you know, you're kicking up your heels on a Friday or Saturday night, and you know, you, you got too deep in the moonshine and raising cane, I guess they just throw you in there for a couple of days. But that thing is still there. And I said, how is that always? Oh, I don't even know, it's been there since forever. Well, it's probably seen a storm or two come through Coffee Springs, don't you imagine? Well, so no matter whether the structure is large or small, it has to, it has to have a proper foundation. So we know the foundation is extremely important. And, um, and the, what we read is no foundation can any man lay than that which has already been laid by Jesus Christ. He said we can build upon it, but you can't lay any, any other foundation. He even told you be very careful how you build it. And so it's, uh, the foundation is built on Jesus Christ himself. And um, so we know how important it is. We won't go there, but Psalms 11.3 uh, says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? I thought about that today when I was writing this, found the scripture and I was writing it down. I thought, if, the, if, 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 if we don't get involved in our elections and we don't pray for our peoples in authority and the foundation, the fabric and what God wants for this nation, if it gets destroyed, then, then what do we as righteous people do then? It doesn't mean that we couldn't, but they never should never get to that place. Um, so the same is true in the spiritual world that a wrong foundation will result. If it's a wrong foundation, it's going to end up in a collapse. It may take a while, but it still end up in collapse. Um, now the the Bible records, and I'm, I'm sure we won't go there for just sake of time. But in y'all y'all familiar with the Book of Haggai? Haggai. Some people say Haggai. Some people say Haggai. Some people say Haggai. No. But anyway, when you get there, you know, he doesn't have many chapters. So he's, he's probably going to ask you, did you read his book? And I just don't want you to have that blank look on your face. And you can't lie there. Well, I don't guess you can. I wouldn't be standing there in their trap door if they, if they just lied. I just didn't do it. So um, anyway, I just want to make reference to him tonight. Because you'll see a parallel between the physical foundations and you'll see also the spiritual application. And uh, for the prophet Hag- uh, Haggai, I said, because uh, 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 Israel was experiencing um, a downturn, you could say, in their economy. And of course, most of them were farmers, they're, they're agricultural, but their, their crops uh, weren't producing. And, uh, the, and the prophets, uh, you know, he, he, he said, uh, Haggai 1, and we'll go there for six, six, seven, and nine, he says, you have so much, but you bring in little now he's talking about you literally have planted much seed but you bring in so little he said consider your ways he didn't say consider the weather he said consider your ways you have looked for much and lo it came to little so you know if you read it in the whole context he said it's like you have put you have put money in bags with holes in it and it's like you're making it, but where's it at? Or you're you're putting the seed in, you're doing all the things necessary to have a harvest, you should have harvest, but you're not having harvest. And of course, what they had done here is they had they had forgot the temple of God. They had let the the the, the structure, the place that they came to worship, they let it go to ruin the foundation because everybody was working on their house. And you think, and of course every pastor I know is preaching this somewhere, <laughs> you know, because you know, when everything is falling apart and couldn't get no one to come to work day. And he he preaches this hot, hot and heavy right here. But but the, the the spiritual truth is is there. He says, so you're, you're you 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 are in your own affairs and you're you know you're doing this to, to your homes. He said, but you let God says, but you let my house go to ruin. He says, and so you sow seed and you wonder why. I sow so much seed, but it comes to so little. So he was talking about a spiritual thing that was actually happening, I mean, a, a physical thing that was actually happening of them sowing, but getting very little to no benefit from it. But saying, because, but you, you do so little in the spiritual aspect that you, don't, that you don't even take care of my house. And so you, you, you kind of see both those, the, the physical and the spiritual. And so to correct the problem, got told Israel that they had to uh, rebuild both if you want to read the you know the whole story, you can go read it. But they had to rebuild both in the natural and the spiritual realm, and he instructed um, you know God's people to to rebuild the um, the foundation, from the foundation all the way up. And uh, you know you know after the foundation if it's ruined, I mean you know just going there and slapping something on the sides ain't gonna work when the foundation is gone. And so they had to start all the way over. And so he he instructed them to rebuild the the temple starting at the foundation and, uh, but they must also rebuild, he said, but you also, this wasn't his terms, but he was saying, but you're also gonna have to rebuild your spiritual life. One reason why this even happened, why this house came to ruin. And, um, and so, now, here's the good news about that. And I, I, I love this story, this is just, this is just the goodness of God, the character of God. But in Haggai 2, verses 18 and 19, uh, I think it's in the Living Bible, not the, not the NLT, but the old, the Living Bible, uh, says it this way. It'd be worth listening to if you don't have a Living Bible on you, you probably don't, I'm sure. He's, um, so remember, he's already said, the reason why your your crops aren't doing so and so is because you let my house go to ruin. He says, don't consider the weather, consider your ways. And so he said, your spiritual life needs rebuilding. The, the, the temple needs rebuilding. He said, both of them's gonna be doing, they repented. They all repented. And this was God's attitude towards their repentance. The Live Bible says, he says from today and from this day onward, I will bless you. Then he said, notice, I am giving you the promise now before you even begin to rebuild the temple structure. And before you have harvested grain and before the grapes and the figs and the pomegranates and the olives have produced their crops. From this day, I will bless you because of their repentance. He knew their heart, he knew they repented, he knew they saw the, you might say, the error of their ways. He knew that. In, in other words, he did it on credit. He did it on credit. And um, that's the kind of credit you can use. Amen. I don't know what your score has to be, but I mean, you have to have, you know they, they got a good score. So he says, so from the day that you start to build a proper you know, foundation, then God blesses the, uh, the work in every area of your life, and I just think that's pretty awesome. Now, the foundation, once again, as you know, is Jesus, and we just read 1 Corinthians 3.11, where it says, no other foundation can man lay but that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You know, um, uh, It made me think about it today when I said it, because I knew I'd read it somewhere years ago, and I looked it up, and John G. Lake said it this way. This was how he termed it. He's, uh, John G. Lake said he loved the whole word, he says, but I consider the words of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he, he called them the supreme words. And he was a Canadian, but spent much of his time and lived in the United States for much of the time, but also in Africa. But, but uh, he said, I consider the words of Jesus Christ the same as, as being the supreme words. He says like as the Supreme Court in the United States. Now that of the highest authority, that of the highest authority. So you think about the foundation is Jesus, that, that is the highest authority there is. He says there is no other foundation which you can lay other than this. Uh, <clears throat> Isaiah 28, am I going too fast? i just, I know we don't have a lot of time. But Isaiah 28, 16, he says, Behold, I lay in Zion, which is also symbolic of the church, right? I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, And a sure foundation. So foundation is very important to God. Very important. You're not going to build a business without it. You're not going to build a marriage without it. You're not going to build a home without it. You're just not going to build much or anything and have any kind of lasting success if the foundation is not right. And the reason why... People don't, it's not because they don't, sometimes they don't even want to do the work to do that, or even, or even um, that they don't want to do the, uh, the proper time of work to even lay a foundation, because we, we just live in an instant society. They just want everything done just like this. You know, they just want, let's, let's hurry up and get to the good stuff. Well, but it won't be the good stuff. So it, it, it takes a while to build a, a successful business a successful home, and to, re, you know, to raise children and a family successfully, it takes a lot of hard work, doesn't it? It does, and, and, and even making the mistakes that we make. But I mean, it still takes quite a while. I mean, I've seen this church go every which way. I mean, it just like, and people could like whatever, and, you know, and I'm giving you pastoral talk sometimes. You know, Pastoral's called, I know we look better when we had the fluff. Well, I know what fluff is. Fluff is there's more people in the seats, but if you took the spiritual temperature, and it's not that the pastor's going to tell you what's going on. Sometimes he don't even know himself because I mean he doesn't have much of a relationship with the people either. They they don't want to talk to him, and uh, but you just know there's no depth there, and there's not, and they're not looking to have one. (laughs) You know, people go, you know, if, if you want to look at all these things, you studies, people have studied. it. People go to church for a lot of reasons. You know, they, they go because they love God, they go because they want friends, they go because they're looking for a spouse, they go because, you know, they're in sales and they're looking for the next sale. I and mean, they, they go for a lot of reasons. People leave for a host of host of reasons. They didn't make me this, or I thought I should have been, you know, I should have read Let the letters and I can play guitar better, than can play guitar, and they're they're mad, they're this. I have seen and heard it all. Well, probably not all, but uh, there's not. I, I just don't get surprised anymore. I mean, years ago I used to go. Oh, and I don't. I don't even go oh, no more. I'm like, it's like you know, of course. And uh, and so, it, it's just it's just people. But that's why I've always kid, you know. I mean, God's always said, you know, He's sometimes. Well, the Bible just never said my little adults, It I always said my little children. Sometimes he's, he thinks we act like children, I guess. And, uh, but we want to grow up, and we do that by having a, a proper foundation. It takes time to do that. And so the foundation of a spiritual life is not, is not just doctrine or creed, and it certainly isn't denomination, is it? It's not a religious ceremony. It's not rules and regulations. Uh, that's not the foundation of a spiritual life. Some the, the the doctrine includes it, of course. Uh, the living Bible in 2 Timothy 2.9 says, God's word stands firm like a rock foundation, and nothing can shake it. Um, 1 Timothy 6.19 says laying up in store for themselves a good foundation. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.19, same verse in amplifies, says laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever, a good foundation for the future. I don't have time to expand on these verses, but think about what that's saying. He's talking about forever. He said, there's things that you're doing on the earth today that you have the opportunity to do today that you can lay up for yourself riches that will endure forever, even into eternity. Rewards that will go into eternity because you have laid a good foundation for the future, you know, whether whether that's, you can think about savings, you can think about retirement, you can think about whatever, you know, it's planning not, I mean, you have a plan for today, but the plan is for the future. And so God has a plan for the now, but he also has a plan for the future. And if you ever wanna see some of his plans, just keep on reading the Bible all the way to the book of maps and, you'll see, and he'll reveal more of it to you. But Proverbs 10, 25 in the Amplified says the uncompromising righteous, they have a good foundation. Well, that's the righteous who's not willing to compromise. He said, because they're not willing to compromise, they have a good future. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and that billy goat. I mean, Bendigo. You know, they, they was not willing to compromise. They had, the boy, turned out really good for them, didn't it? There's, there, there's so many scriptures I could use here, but there's, there, here's just some I want to talk to you about. And um, in Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to read the Passion right here, verses 57 through 62, because we're talking about people who, people who have the, the interest and the want to and the desire to, to put a proper foundation in life. I'm really talking about disciples of Christ. I'm not even so much Christians, I'm talking about disciples. And that's what we're called to do is, is make disciples, not converts. You know, sometimes you make converts and you can't find them after three months. I don't know that everyone who said, uh, Jesus do this to saved not. I can't judge that. I don't know their heart. I've been on enough street evangelists and some people say anything if you just get out of their face. I think you have to believe something in your heart too, don't you? Yeah. yeah. There might be a lot of people who thinks that they're saved and they're not. I, I don't, I'm not saying I don't have anyone in mind when I'm saying that. But I'm just saying it has to be a heart thing. And uh, so... It's it's imperative. So um, once again, Luke 9, 57 through 62, the Passion says, On their way, someone came up to Jesus and said, I want to follow you wherever you go. And uh, verse 58, he said, Jesus replied, yes. But remember this, even animals in the field have holes in the ground to sleep in and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus then turned to another and said, come be my disciple. And the guy said, and he replied, someday I will. Lord, but allow me first to go fulfill my duty as a good son. Someday I will. And it's not that Jesus didn't have a house. He did have a house. But <laughs> he, he had a traveling ministry. And there wasn't any uh, Hamptons and there wasn't any holiday in East, you know, to go sleep in. And he says, so sometimes, you know, we kind of sleep under the under the sky and... Put her head on a rock. Well, so he says, he offered him a discipleship, and he says, yes, I will. But, here, here comes, wait for it, wait for it. What what, what comes after the but? Hmm. All the excuses, right? He says, uh, someday I will, but allow me first to fulfill my duty as a good son. The, the footnotes in the past and translation says this, it says literally, which is what the King James says, I think, allow me to go bury my father. Uh, And it goes on to say, this is an idiom for waiting until his father passed away because he wanted an inheritance in this life as his security. In other words, I want to follow you. Um, I'm amazed, I've heard about your ministry, but father's not well and I got brothers, I got siblings and I need to hang around and this, I mean, I gotta do my part and, I got to make sure I'm secure. I'll, I'll find you. I'll get up with you. You know, just, just text me. You know, s- s- <laughs> get, you know, put your information in my phone. I'll find you after father dies. And after we have some ham and tater salad, then I'll, I'll come find you. Uh, Jesus never gave him his number. So verse 60, Jesus told him, don't wait for your father's burial. Let those who are already dead wait, uh, uh, wait for death. As for you, go and proclaim everywhere that God's kingdom has arrived. Verse 61, still another said to him, Lord, I want you to follow. I want to follow you too, but first let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. And Jesus responded, why do you keep looking back at your past and having second thoughts about following me? If you turn back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, uh, I may have it here, I think. I don't need it. It'd be right there. I think it's in Luke fourteen. I can't imagine I didn't write it down. Um, apparently, I didn't. Luke fourteen. Yeah. Luke fourteen in verse. Uh, I think. Th- I think this is right. Um, this is the Passion Translation, verse 25. It says, "The massive crowds followed Jesus. He turned to them and said, when you follow me as a disciple, you must put aside your father and your mother, your wife and your sisters and your brothers.' The King James says, 'You must hate. You, you must hate your, you know, mother and father.' Well, it, 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 Jesus didn't tell, you know, teach people to hate people. This the King James used that word hate, but other translations just means this: you you must love them less. You can't love anything more. And in, in Jesus be the Lord and master. In other words, the, the, the priority to a, a disciple is, he's number one. Not to put him on a list, because no one can be on a list with Jesus. But it says, as these crowds follow him, he says, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brothers, yes, You'll even seem as though you hate your own life. This is the price you'll pay to be considered one of my followers. And anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. So don't allow, don't follow me without considering what it'll cost you. For who would construct a house without first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it? Otherwise he may lay the foundation, not be able to finish it. The neighbors ridicule him, uh, saying, look at him. He started to build, but he couldn't complete it. And uh, anyway, he goes on to give other illustrations like that, like going to war and stuff like that. And uh, so he's saying you can't be a disciple of Jesus if anything takes priority over, not hate your mother and your father and your sisters, but you can't put anything ahead of that. That's not where everyone is walking with the Lord in a relationship like that. He's savior to some folks, he's saving me from hell, but it doesn't mean he's Lord. Because uh, many translations, you know, in, in these same verses, he, you know, Jesus said, "Why, why do you keep calling me Lord, or why do you keep calling me Master? But you don't do anything I tell you to do." That's pretty straightforward. I mean, this is what he's telling his own disciples, what, and and the people that would come to him. and said, "We're just going to follow you." And he said, "But, but why, why do you use the term Lord? You understand what Lord means?" He says. You know, to be a lord, there has to be a lordship. So, why, why do you give me the title, why do you prefer, refer to me as your lord and your master when you don't do anything I ask you to do? So I think a lot of people have made him savior because they certainly don't want to go to hell, but that wasn't God's plan, you know, to, you know, to put people on the earth and, you know, scare, scare them with hell, and, you know, because he was that bored and just had to need something to do, something for drama. No, he he wanted a family. He wanted us to love him. Hell wasn't never made for any man. So, uh, we're not going to be there. Let's let's finish uh, tonight in 2 Timothy, chapter two. I know I'm kind of just hitting, and for sake of time, I'm having to move along. And Second uh, Timothy chapter two. No, wait a minute. Yeah. Second Timothy chapter two, and it might be also in the Passion. Let me see what the Passion looks like real quick. Usually I write all these things down just for sake of time. because We don't have time to always turn to them. But I do like to give you the reference Someone said well, he just made that up. Well, no. Here's the reference. They um, read both of them. So, Second Timothy chapter two verse one, Paul said, "Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, and the things which you have heard of me among witnesses, commit them to faithful men." Does that sound like disciples or converts? disciples so Paul's telling Timothy that to be strong in the grace that's that's in you that was in Christ Jesus in the things which I'm teaching you that you've heard to me among many witnesses he said in other words I'm charging you to commit them to faithful men who should be able to teach others also now watch this there thou therefore he's telling Timothy Timothy you're going to have to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars woreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Uh, I think it's the Amplified it says, uh, uh, in verse four, the Amplified says, no soldier when in service gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. That's not a series. If it was on the table, everyone would want to buy that series. You know, d- deny yourself your flesh, die, deprive yourself. Uh, he, he likens us to soldiers. He puts us in a warlike scene and tells us we're not here to please ourselves. We're here to please the one who enlisted us. Now, That thunder applause, I can't even keep my mind set. You know, just like, it's hard. But but you you see what I'm talking about? That's why I love to minister on Wednesday night because these are the things that, this is why you are strong. This is why you're strong. It doesn't mean we don't go through things. We all go through the same stuff everybody else does. But how come you keep making it out? How come you keep making it through victoriously? It's not that you don't have a testimony. It's not that you couldn't have stopped or quit like other people have, but you just chose to believe another way. The reason is because you took the time to lay a foundation. You know, you you, you can't you can rub a balloon. You know, a, a day that's real humid, you can rub it on your hair and stick it on the wall, and it'll stick there. But you can't rub the Bible on your hair and and get this in your mind. I mean, it's just it'd be awesome if you could now too. <laughs> it's like, well, I just got my mind renewed today. <laughs> if you, you know, I'm Scandinavian, but if I had a hairy chest, you could say, in my heart. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be one if it worked that way? But it doesn't work that way, does it? No, it it, it takes time and it takes diligence if you're going to lay a proper foundation um, to live a successful Christian life. You'll have enough struggles, and if and then we won't go there. But you know, uh, several different synoptic gospels, but I think it's Luke, you know, where Jesus, you know, likens the wise man and the foolish man and talks about foundation, remember that? And he said, the wise man, you know, he said, he'll, and what he's saying is, you know, a wise man will take my words and he'll, he'll dig deep, he'll lay a foundation. And Jesus says, because when the storm comes, not if one ever shows up, but when it comes, which means it's coming. That's a clue that there's a storm coming sometime in your life. He said, so a wise man would take my words and listen to them and then act on them. And he called called listening and acting foundational. You can listen, but if you don't act upon them, you're not building foundation. Remember, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord? Because you don't do, which means you don't act. So don't call me Lord, because I'm not your Lord if you don't act upon them. You say, well, I go to church every time, doors open. Well, that's, that's awesome. But until we act upon the words of Jesus, the supreme words of Jesus, we're not, we're not the disciples of Jesus. And his words, is you're, 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 those people are not fit for the kingdom of God. He said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back and say, hey, I want to go with you. I want to be this right here. But Pop's about to go and I got three siblings and they're going. One's going to get the house and one's going to get the Lamborghini. And going to, I, I better hang around, you know. And, and I'll get i get with you. Jesus says, bye. Amen. Because when he's Lord, that means he, he's, he's going to take care of everything. Everything. There's things that God had to do for you that you just couldn't do for yourself. Some of you might have went into a court case sometime in your life, and it looked like—I mean, it was possible you could have walked out with nothing. They had, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not—I not, won't look your way. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so we have—we have a personal testimony of that. That we weren't guilty of anything, <laughs> but we were the ones there. Amen. Watch what you put your name on. But anyway. <laughs> and, then, and the judge says, well, wh- why is this in such a big mess? And we look at each other like, yeah, why is it? <laughs> I, I've been gone for years. <laughs> but my name was on something, you know. <laughs> but anyway, strike that off the tape before we get it gets too far out. But anyway, here's the deal. Um, the foundation is hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. He says, so when the storm comes, it won't be, it won't be able to shake it. He said, but the man who hears only, notice, notice they went the same service you did. They're a church just like you are. They said, woo, that's my favorite song. Let's do that number two again. He didn't say they didn't look religious. He didn't say that they didn't love God. He, he, he said, but they're not, but they, they, they will not lay a foundation. They won't put any time in. They, they do not do the work that's necessary to prepare the ground, to prepare their heart, you know. Um, I like analogy, I mean, it was a whole different service. Andrew, I remember years ago, I was studying along these lines. I remember he was talking about preparing your heart. And he and gave an illustration about someone, you know, you know, having an affair. And he says, he says, no one could say that that couldn't happen to me. No one. He said, but I'll say it this way. He said, that couldn't happen to me today. He was talking personally. Brother Andrew was talking about himself and his wife. He said, that couldn't happen to me today because my heart has already been prepared. He said, but if you don't continue to prepare your heart, it's just like a train. You might be going 50, 60 miles an hour and it may have 150 cars behind it. And if something goes on and they slam on the brakes, it will stop. But not as fast as your car will. It may go two, three miles before it comes to a stop. So you might we, we might be going because we, we we've been and we've done and we've heard and we've seen and we know things and we, we, we may be prepared today. But if we don't continue to meditate in the word, if we don't continue to renew our mind just because it's fresh to you today doesn't mean it's going to be fresh a year from now. And when that time comes and that's when the enemy comes, he waits for that season. He waits to see where we're slack. He waits to see when, you know, when, when Adam is not acting like the man that and he, he wasn't guarding. he wasn't keeping, he wasn't doing. And then he slipped in. Not as himself, although it was him, but just in the form of someone else because he never wants to come with his own face. He wants to come through somebody else's face. That's a coward if he always, always has to use somebody else's face to talk to you. And he has to look through their face and use, you know, that, that structure or whatever it is. That's that's a true coward. Amen. But that's enough. Praise God. Well, we're putting the foundation in.